0: Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from The Forever Family Series, where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Now let's join them for today's message.
1: I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark, the gospel according to Mark chapter 3. And we're going to look at a few verses starting in verse 31. So this is Mark chapter 3. So New Testament, start Matthew, go one over. Mark chapter 3, starting in verse 31. It reads, His mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, Who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those sitting in a circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Today's title is True Family. Say true family. Now, this can seem very interesting. We are reading a passage where Jesus is in a house. He's teaching. We are seeing Mark presenting Jesus as this teacher that is unparalleled. He is teaching in ways no one has ever seen in all of the history of Israel. He is not saying, thus says the Lord. He is teaching with authority that even the prophets didn't teach with. And here he's in a house, he's surrounded so much, people can't even eat. They're sitting down, he's teaching. His mother and brothers and sisters are outside, and they're coming, if you read just before this. They're coming to snatch him away. And they literally are saying, this dude is crazy, like his family members think Jesus is crazy. Y'all might, that's something we don't even really think about sometimes. Uh, we've talked about this before another hand, but his family members were hearing all these sermons and what he was preaching, what he was teaching. And his own family was like, ah, uh, we got to get him. He has lost his mind. Jesus is out of his mind. And then Jesus seemingly confirms he's out of his mind. Because when they say your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you, he say, who, who is my mother and my brother and my sister? Those who do the will of my father is my brother and my mother and my sister. Now, if you was his mama or his brother or his sister, you'd be like, yeah, he crazy. But what we see Jesus doing is he is making a statement. He is revealing a truth to us for us to understand what it means to truly be family. Now, we all understand family. We all desire family. We got movie after movie after movie all about family. Family is big. Even in families where we fight with each other, we will fight the world together. We got words we use as blood thicker than water. Family is important. I grew up and I seen a whole lot of fights start because somebody said your mama. You can you can you can't talk about nobody mama. And just walk away. Wow, that's that's family. That's those no strong. That's fighting words. You know, we we take family seriously. We take family so seriously and we understand family because family, we have this background. We have this shared experience. We have this shared life. And even when we don't have what the normal family is when it comes to father, mother, sisters, brothers, grandma, grand. We even form families around us that don't fit the typical norm. Meaning we got homeboys and homegirls, we call family. We got cousins, we call brother, sister. When people don't have the right kind of family supporting them, they seek family and community outside of those uh, traditional family uh, dynamics and we create gangs and clubs. Why? Because that's family. We, We share values. We share experience. We share life. Truth be told is, all of us, in some form or fashion, we seek our family. We seek it out. We look for it. We desire it. We, 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 we give everything we have to be part of family. Jesus here reorients what it means to truly be family. And he goes beyond What we would normally call family is my mother, my brothers, and my sisters, and he transitions to our relationship with God determines true family. And in this series that we're going over, we're talking about forever family, is that we have to recognize that the church is not a building. The church is the people of God. And the church is not like family. We actually are. You've heard me say often, when you place faith in Jesus Christ, you are individually saved to be part of an eternal family. You truly are. And today I want us to grasp, I want us to embrace Three major truths of understanding how we have been brought into the family of God. And I'm doing this so I want you to understand and know your place with your Heavenly Father. And no matter what life throws at you, I want you to be confident and know that you are a part of the family of God. I want you to know that the Bible communicates in so many ways to reassure us and to guarantee us that we are the family of God and he calls us even starting off as church church right ecclesia you hear these terms sometimes you may have heard some people on tv or you may heard this on the radio and they'd be like ecclesia ek means out of ecclesia from kaleo means call it's the called out ones let me tell y'all something that is not what ecclesia means That sounds good. That's some etymology. You know, etymology will mess you up sometimes because etymology don't always mean what the word means, right? You know, if I say understand, if you look up under and stand, that's not going to help you. I say this because the word church means assembly. It means congregation. It means gathering. Why do I say this? In Acts chapter 19, verses 32 and 40, we have a crowd of people that are opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what Acts 19, 32, and 40 calls them? Ecclesia. So right there in the Bible, you know, ecclesia is not just a term reserved for Christians. What is reserved for Christians is we are the ecclesia of Jesus, Christ. We are the gathered people of Jesus Christ. We are the assembly, meaning, we are those who come together because we have a shared relationship by faith in Jesus Christ. This is what it means to be part of the church. So you've heard me say, you can worship by yourself. You can't church by yourself. And we are part of the local church, Rock Fellowship. We are part of the global church. All the believers all over the world. And Jesus says that we all, brothers and sisters, we are all family. And I told you, we're going to look at three aspects to confirm. I want you to, Jesus, the Lord himself wants you to know that you are the family of God. And I want you to think about, what are the three major ways that you are part of family? Think about it. One way is you get married into family. Marriage. We all see marriage, right? You know, back in ancient times, you had marriages would bring together different clans. They would bring together different kingdoms. Marriage was strong because it was a uniting of two people becoming one as well as extensions of themselves becoming family. They would share what they have. They would have an experience together. They would be part of their united Group, community, with the same values, the same focus, living out whatever said mission that that kingdom or tribe was doing. We see this today. Married. We getting married? We have. Now, one of the unfortunate things is, <laughs> let me go on and keep it 100, right? Before getting married and not realizing what it means to be married. It ain't about getting married. It's about being married. And what marriage truly is, is a change and transformation of priorities. Meaning, once I have married you, you now become top priority over everybody else. There's a change of priority. When that does not happen, problem. There's a problem. Husbands, if your wife's not number one, problem. Wives. If your husband on not number one, problem. Because this union that is bringing two people is becoming actually a union. There's a unity. Not uniformity. You're not the same. But there's a unity being formed. And there is oneness that you're chasing together in relationship. Why do I say this? Because the Bible goes to great lengths in describing Jesus as the bridegroom. And we... Are his bride
0: more from dr jones in a moment but first during this month you can request your mp3 download of the sermon series forever family with your donation to the ministry this is a great resource where dr jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family but we are truly family in christ jesus go to daryljones.org That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message.
1: You ever thought about you married to Jesus? You ever thought about that? Like, what does that look like? I know we we got some real fleshly thoughts about marriage and marriage is all consuming flesh, mind, body, soul, spirit, everything. All of it's connected. But sometimes we miss the gravity of what it means to be truly united with Christ and understanding that this is a marriage. Now, if you think that's too strong, the New Testament, Jesus calls himself the bridegrooms. He gives uh, parables about himself being the bridegroom. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 32, he gives instructions to husbands. Don't miss this. He gives instructions to husbands, and the whole thing is about Jesus and his relationship to his church. The whole thing. He says, As matter of fact, what I'm really talking about is Jesus and the church. But husbands, this is how you treat your wife. It's, it's amazing. It's mind-blowing. I love to tell uh, husbands, I was like, hey, if you want to learn how to be a good husband, you got to study Jesus. Study Jesus, how Jesus treats the church. That's the model. And he says that he is our groom. But one of the things that, that really is, is striking It's not so much the highlighting of the groom that over and over and over throughout the New Testament, the Lord goes to great lengths to highlight what the bride is. It's not a coincidence that the bride is the highlight of the wedding. Y'all ever notice that? Don't nobody care what the groom wearing. The groom don't spend half of what the bride spends on a dress. Everything is about the bride. The groom don't even halftime. time, don't even walk down the center of the aisle, and when he does, don't nobody care, and nobody even there yet, because the show don't start till everybody stands for the bride to walk down that aisle. And there's a highlight, the bride. It's interesting that in the New Testament, we see there's a highlight of the bride, especially when it comes to Revelation 19 and 20, the end when the the wedding banquet, and the presentation of the bride. Now, we're going to do a study into that later, but I want y'all to understand that Jesus' work and what he came was for his service and what he was coming to do for his bride. He suffered for his bride. He died for his bride. He gives us his word to wash us Pure so that we can be holy and blameless and cleaned up as his bride. The Apostle Paul, in to the, his second letter to the Corinthians, he makes a statement. He was like, look, y'all want to know why I'm teaching y'all all this stuff? I'm teaching y'all all that stuff so that you can be presented as a pure virgin before the Lord. Jesus doing all this so that we can legit wear a white dress. Some of y'all got that. He says that we have been married into this family. There is a union. And this union, he's saying, is with a faithful husband. It's with a faithful, perfect groom. Now, dudes, none of us measure up to him, we're just trying to follow. Now, I understand the difficulty when we have commands in Scripture. I love to tell people, typically when you get a command in Scripture, you're being warned, you're being told, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk this out because in your flesh, you ain't going to want to do it. Our response as the bride follows the response. Well, actually, actually, let, let me say this correctly. Our response as the bride to our groom, the Lord himself, Jesus himself, is actually the model that Paul and Peter actually are giving when they talk about wives' response to their husbands. Now, we see difficulty in trying to walk that out in human relationships. You want to know what's crazy? We see the same thing when it comes to the church and following Jesus. Because I've seen churches take a vote on what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. And don't nobody care about what Jesus said. We're going to do what we want to do. He calls us to respond because he is faithful. He is true. He is totally trustworthy that we can follow to the T. Anything he says, wherever he leads, whatever he calls us to be and do. This is the nature of the relationship we have with our Lord. We are his bride. And you know what? It says that he wants to take care of us. He want to take care of us. He he wants to lavish us as his bride. Wash us, clean us, present us perfect. That's what he wants to do. You as a believer, you as part of the church, you have been united with Christ in an eternal covenant called the new covenant. And you've been married into the family of God. But it's not just marriage that brings us in the family, is it? There's another way you become part of family. You know how? You know, remember the old song? Uh, first come love, then come marriage. Look at so-and-so pushing a baby carriage. You're born in the family. You know, you're, born, you're actually born into family. Think about, it. it's always a trip. You know, somebody get married. One of the first questions, somebody come up to you in the... <laughs> At the the reception, you've been married ten minutes. So when y'all gonna have some babies? You might even get that from one of y'all, mama. I want some grandbabies. When y'all gonna give me some grandbabies? You know, like that's that's a big deal. And think about when when husband and wife they get married, and all of a sudden they make that announcement: we we pregnant. Oh, everybody go crazy! Everybody excited. We got life coming. We got we got we got a newborn coming. It's great. We got somebody. And what's always a trip is. It's like grandparents turning to people that you never knew before. You know, like my daddy with my kids. I'm like, who is this man? This ain't the man that raised me. When I'm doing something bad, I'm getting on him. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. I'm on the phone right now. Wait till I'm off the phone. What? What happened to my daddy? Who is this guy? You know, family, you're born into family and it's something, it's a big deal when you have this child and you look at it and how you want to nourish it and take care of it and give it, give that child, that son or that daughter anything she needs, anything he needs. You, you sit there and hold that baby and you got all kind of things going on in your mind. I'm going to give this baby the world. I'm going to really work now. I'm going to do everything I can. I want you to understand something. You know, that's how the Lord looks at us as his children. In John chapter one. I want you to turn to John chapter one. Go over to the right. John gospel chapter one. This is this is one of the, 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 the most significant verses in all of John chapter one. Sorry, I said in all of John chapter one in all of John's gospel. Some people argue that this is like the hinge. This is the hinge of the chapter one. And everything kind of just really catapults off this, these two verses. It says that, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born, not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. You. You. Who have placed faith in Jesus Christ have been born into the family of God. And notice he says, it's not a birth by your own will. Did any of y'all choose that you was going to be born? I'm looking for one. I ain't never seen anybody that. You, you had no volition and make yourself conceived and born. It was nothing of your own power. He's highlighting this because he was saying that when we talk about saved by grace through faith. As Minister Jimmy broke down for us last week, this salvation we have is not something that we work for, that we just decide. You know what today? I'm saved. You don't decide it. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. It's a work of God. And he says, because of God's work, you have now been birthed into the family of God. Now you might be thinking like, what does that really look like? Jesus had to break this down for Nicodemus. Just go over, uh, we might have to go over a page in chapter 3. When he sat with Nicodemus in chapter 3, he said you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. What Jesus is telling him is you don't even know what you're looking at. You think you do, but you don't. You keep on reading in here, he's saying you must be born again, born from above. This is a new birth that is by the Spirit of God that you now are placed as a child of God. What about the child? I mean, uh, chapter one. To those who receive his name, to those who believe in his name, become who? Children of God. See, as a child of God, we, we got certain, you know, privileges. We got certain things that we, you know, we, we got access nobody else has. As children, got, you know you got 24-7 access to God? Do we understand adoption? You know, when when, when, when someone, I'm talking about foster care, when you go through the full adoption Phase when you go through the full adoption process, it's a legally binding situation where that child that's adopted by that family has all rights and privileges, and that child can never be written out, even at a will. He's adopted you. This is why in Romans, and I want you to read everything I say, I always want to go to the scripture on this. Romans chapter 8, I want you to go over in Romans chapter 8. In a couple of verses, over in verse 12, we're going to read from verse 12, just a few verses. He says, so then, brothers and sisters, I love it, family language, right? Familial language. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. You might want to highlight that. But if by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. You do not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. You know what all all those verses are saying? It's saying that you who have placed faith in God has received the spirit of God to indwell you. And that spirit testifies that you are a child of God. You have been received by receiving the Holy Spirit, a spirit of adoption. You are not a slave. You are a child, an heir, a co-heir. You know what's cool about being an heir? Everything that the father owns is yours. Don't ever think that you lack You don't lack anything you need. Why? Because the father owns everything and everything he has is yours. So anything you need, he has. Go to your daddy. Go to your father. You got access to your father. We have been adopted and we are heirs forever and ever and ever. This is what it means to be a forever family. We're not like family in the body of Christ. We actually are. Understanding your relationship as family, understanding our relationship as family is crucial and vital to us fulfilling our mission here on this earth. In every aspect, all that God wants to do in you, through you, for us, to us, through us, to the world.
0: Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. Today's message was the first half of the current series, Forever Family, where we learn how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to donate to Point Ministries today and request your copy of the Forever Family sermon series on MP3. Please visit daryljones.org. That's d-a-r-y-l jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.